Hello, my name is Benjamin Harmeyer. And my name is Griffin Harmeyer. And you're listening to a Catholic podcast, Stay Hopeful. And this year we will learn what it means to understand God's infinite love and hope that he gives to us, even in our darkest times in this crazy world called life. And so before we begin on today's topics, let's begin in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, I ask that you bring to everybody listening and to Griffin and I this day that we are always cared for by you. That even in times of struggle or despair, that you are here present with us. That we are to share in your divine love in this life to one day bring our holiness and our virtue up to you at the end of our lives. We pray for St. Michael the Archangel's intercession as we pray. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So the topic that we're going to be talking about today is the the reality that the spiritual battle is an interior battle, and that the we're, we're going to be talking about the reality of evil within ourselves, and that, again, that the battle is interior. So to begin this, I wanted to talk about, really, the, the main purpose in which we are created, the, the reason in which we actually exist, the reason we are alive, and that anything exists, is that God created us, human beings, who are able to enter heaven, souls, eternal souls that are able to enter heaven. We were created to share in the divine and eternal life of God. And what's so important to understand this is, I, I think what what is so important to understand this is the reality of the Trinity, the, the church's doctrine in the Catechism about the Trinity. And it teaches us that God the Father speaks the Word, and that is a direct and exact mirror image of the Father, and that mirror image of the Father is God the Son, the second person of the Most Blessed Trinity. And God the Father looks upon this reflection of himself and gives his whole self to his Son in perfect love. Jesus, Jesus the Son, in perfect response to this gift of love from the Father, gives himself entirely to God the Father. And this communication of love, this giving between the Father and the Son, is the Holy Spirit. It's the, in, in Latin, it, the literal translation is holy breath. It's the, the sigh of love between the Father and the Son. And this is so important because the reality of our lives is that God wants to have a relationship so intimate with us, it's like a relationship between two spouses. That's the reality, is that God desires such a close relationship with us. He wants to, de he desires to give so much of himself to us, his complete self. And, th and this is so necessary to understand that, what, what does this look like though? It's so necessary to understand, but what does this look like? God is goodness itself. He is virtue itself. He is holiness itself. And what, what does it mean to, per, to participate in that? He gives his goodness. He gives his life to us. And in Jesus Christ, when he became 
man, he showed us the way in which we are meant to live our lives, that our lives are meant to be modeled after the mysteries of the life of Jesus. So keep that in mind. The next thing is that the, the battle is interior, that we recognize that not all is well with us in our lives. Yes, there's struggles, there's difficulties, but we know that there is an evilness within ourselves. Ever since the fall of Adam and Eve, we have the disordered desire of concupiscence, which is the desire for evil to satisfy these desires, these disordered desires, and not to fulfill the greatest longing in our souls, which is for God. It's so important to realize and to come to the knowledge that the evil that is within us is sin and our disordered desires for sin. And sin is the great rebellion that we have against God. It's, it's putting a wedge, if you will, putting a divider between us and God. That, that's the reality of sin, and that's really ultimately what it does. And so the battle is interior. So we have this blocker, sin, that blocks us and keeps us chained. This is what sin does. It keeps us bound to the things that we delight in more than we delight in God. And so it keeps us from giving ourselves back to God. And that's, that's the reality is we have this created purpose, God completely giving himself to us. And our response to that love must be a total gift of self again, just as he has given himself to us. And we see this in Christ and his cross his death and his resurrection, we see this. And that that gift of love in which he gives to us is blocked by this reality of sin. And I, I just want to pop in here for a second and and kind of go off of what Griffin said, like giving our entire selves to God in response to his love. And if you guys, if any of you guys have listened to my talk about the reality of the Eucharist, I talk about this, where we can't give ourselves entirely to something else when we were made to give ourselves to God. And just kind of want to put that in in the episode, just pop in for a second, and encourage you to uh, listen to the Reality of the Eucharist talk, because uh, I, I planned it for like like five, six months. I was writing it. So I encourage you to listen to it. It's, it's pretty awesome. So, yeah. Yeah, thanks, Ben. And so, yeah, again... The battle is interior, so we, we recognize that the struggle in our lives, the reason why we're unhappy is because we know that our, that our, created, our created purpose is a gift of ourselves. It's a giving, but so often sin is always a selfish act, and that's why it will never satisfy us. And so that's the second thing. The battle is interior, and in that we need to begin to remove these sins, these blockers, if you will, so that then we can begin to love God more and more. And I'll share this with you as well. So I was in Mass one time, and I was experiencing a, a sense of powerlessness against uh, some of my own sins that I was dealing with, some of, the own, some of my own struggles. And I recognized that um, is, is the part of the Mass where we say, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. And I realized that Christ is saying to me, I know this is, the, this is the struggle and the cross that I've given to you, but learn from me, lean on me, for I am meek and humble of heart, and be willing to give this struggle, this, this difficultness of overcoming this evil in your life, 
give it over to me and let me crucify it with me. Let let that evil in you be nailed to the cross so that it can die. And when that death happens, the resurrection might happen in your soul and new life might begin, a life of giving. And so there's, there's you know, hopefully that helps. Uh, maybe uh, that imagery might help. And so we have the interior battle. We have that. But we also recognize that we have a spiritual enemy, and that is the devil and his demons, the fallen angels. And this is a, this is a reality that, that we have to come to terms with, that we have to accept. And if you take angels and demons out of the equation, the reason why demons apply is because they're fallen angels. But if you take angels and demons out of the equation, none of our theology makes sense. Because we, we're in this battle, we're in the struggle, with there's the reality of evil. We, even if, for example, if you walk up to any person and say, is killing wrong? They're probably going to say, yeah, it is. So even just on a natural level, we have an idea of what right and wrong is. And we know that it's objective, that God has already determined what is good and what is evil. And so it doesn't make any sense that we have, okay, there's good and then there's evil and then we have this original sin thing and then we have this just inclination to evil. But it just, none of it makes sense without a spiritual enemy. And why, if and if this were the case, if there were no demons, why would Jesus be performing exorcisms in the Gospels? Why would his saints... Why would God's saints for 2,000 years of church history talk about them in their writings? It, it does not make any sense for this to be the case. So we know that, yes, demons are fallen angels and that they do exist. So there are two main, there, there are two main ways in which the demons affect the spiritual battle. is They get us to believe lies. So primarily, uh, well in many ways, about God, about ourselves, about what is important, what's not important, what we need to be doing, getting us distracted, all of these things. So, for example, uh, here's something, uh, actually, for example, in my own life, I've seen a pattern where, here's the pattern of spiritual attack, if you will, and it's very subtle. Like, most of the time, it's it's very subtle, it's slow temptation, or it's ordinary temptation. So, here's here's a good example of this. One, I get busy I get distracted, a lot of stuff is going on, and I get to rely upon myself more. So prayer starts to get neglected, and I'm starting to do less things for God and doing more things for myself. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that I begin to fall into smaller faults like um, impatience, anger, and, and things like of this sort, starting to neglect prayer and all this. And then I begin to, to notice these things. And then there's a despair of, oh my gosh, I'm not making any progress. It's all my fault. And the, the evil one will get you fixated in the despair. And I, I've noticed that God is calling me, again, to a greater relationship with himself always. It's, it's, our conversion is a constant conversion, as St. Paul says. That's kind of a, an example of a series kind of of temptations and the the evil one will get you to despair and to kind of keep you there so that you don't run after the Lord and ask for his forgiveness and mercy again. And so there's that example and, and an example of a lie that 
the evil one causes us to believe is is honestly the despair that you can't you can't stop sinning you are stuck in this god's not going to help you the the lord cannot get you out of this and you know there there's no there's one example another one would probably be that is an an unbelief in the forgiveness of the lord like a an untrustworthiness a failure to trust in the lord would be another example and so there's the lie aspect of it and the second one is temptation to get us to sin and the reason why is because that creates a division from god and it and every time we sin we're saying no to god and to his love and so those those are the two ways in which the evil one and his demons engage us in in the spiritual battle and of course there are other ways but primarily i want you know, we're going to, those are those two. That, uh, another thing that I want to say is that the demons are the instrument of our sanctification. What does that mean? Because of the battle, because of the struggle to resist temptations, we're made holier because of it. That the Lord can use it in a way that can increase our share in his life. And this is how incredible our God is. Now, to be clear, it is never God's plan that anyone sins, but he can use it to bring about a greater good and to bring about a greater holiness in someone's life. And so that that's another thing that I want to point out is our own struggles, our own crosses, those are the means by which God desires to bring about a greater closeness to him in our lives. So I, I want to pop on here to finish off this episode with a personal story of mine. So I was praying the rosary and I think it was a few months ago around September of last year. I was praying the sorrowful mysteries. I had gotten these red lights that you can like stick to your wall and it can go like all around the room. And all you had to do was plug it into an outlet and then you could turn this remote on and off and change different colors and do all this stuff. But there was a red light option. And so whenever I pray the Sorrowful Mysteries, I usually have the red lights on, you know, to represent Jesus' blood that was shed during his passion. So as as I was praying the, the, the rosary, I was, I think I was on the second Sorrowful Mystery when, when this occurred. The, the lights seemed to be getting brighter and then I don't really know how to say this next part, like less bright after like it, like it gets brighter then it fades out brighter fades out kind of representing like what, like a heartbeat would kind of look like, you know, like on those heart monitors and like there's like a little flat line and then like a little, like a, like a mountain looking design. That's, that's not, that's not what it looked like, but like, you, you get the idea, <laughs> hopefully. Um, and so I, this had never happened before. And I was, I was like, wow, this, this, like, this is incredible. You know, I began to like, think about what I would do after I had finished praying the rosary. And I was like, why don't I meditate upon this? Like, m well, not the lights, but like the passion as a whole, like, all the five mysteries, but then also, like, Jesus' blood being shed 
for the forgiveness of our sins. And the lights gave me the idea to reflect on those mysteries. Something I want to add is that uh, this is something that Father Chad Ripperger was talking about in one of his conferences. He was talking about that if you have a particular struggle with a mortal sin and you pray the rosary devoutly with with great attention, with great focus, and with great reverence, and you pray it every day for a year, you will either give up the sin or you will give up the rosary. So that's you know that's something else that I want to talk about is that the rosary will make you more selfless, and it's a great means to uh, grow in prayer, grow in meditation and reflection, and you know grow close to the Lord through the eyes of His Mother. All right, and just to talk about the rosary in general, like I've I've had so many priests and like brother knights in the Knights of the Holy Temple, like I've heard tons of them say like. Oh yeah, the rosary. It's it's fantastic. Like it's one of the one of the best prayers that I pray every every day. I I mean, I had this question come to my head. Why don't we pray the rosary more? Because it was given to us from our mother Mary to Saint Dominic and it passed down from the generations and now to present day. I and I keep coming back to this question. Why don't we pray it more? Kind kind of seems like a simple question. Yeah, we should pray it more. <laughs> End of story, right there. But no, no, no. Here, here's the thing: that we have these mysteries that we can meditate on, and there, and there's always a fruit of the mystery. It, can, it could be like a virtue, something like humility, and or patience, which is in the sorrowful mysteries, I believe. So. We can meditate on these things, and we have this powerful prayer given to us by Mother Mary. It wasn't, like, made up by us back in the day. It was given to us, kind of like Christ gave his body to us. Mary gave us a prayer to guide closer to Jesus. Yeah, so, sorry to interrupt, but something else that I want to add is, yeah, kind of getting into, uh, we want to give you guys a, a symbol of hope that no matter what's going on, no matter what you're dealing with, that Christ has not abandoned his church, he has not abandoned you, and that the rosary really is a weapon in the spiritual battle, and if we are really going to start become holy, even in these crazy and dark times, these really hard times, if we're really going to start to strive after the Lord— we need this spiritual weapon. You will not find, again, this is Father Chad Ripker in that same conference, he says you will not find a spiritual warrior who's fighting the battle well and trying to grow in holiness, trying to become like Christ. You will not find someone without the rosary in their spiritual armament. Like, you will not find someone who is not praying it. So th that's just something that to keep in mind that it is a very powerful prayer and the reason why it's so powerful is because the meditation upon Christ's life, his mysteries, the mysteries of Our Lady, is that they're so powerful because we can model, we're meant to model those mysteries, we're meant to come to a deeper understanding of it so that we can model our life after the life of Jesus. So one thing I want to say before we wrap up this episode is that I didn't pray the rosary very much at all until like the middle of January of this year. I started praying the rosary every single day and it became a part of my nightly routine. 
if I can if I don't have enough time to pray the rosary myself, I go to the hollow app and I pray the rosary with Jonathan Rumi because it's a part of my life, you know. I didn't have that before and then after 2 weeks of praying it, it it's kind of like Father Donald Calloway when when he said he found out what it was and he fell in love with it. And that that's kind of what is happening to me in my life currently. And if we continue to give this spiritual prayer a chance, we will find out what it is, how to meditate upon it, and we will fall in love with it. And and that's that's the goal of our lives is to pray as often as possible every single day, to fall in love with Christ every day, to achieve the intimacy that he so made us for, like to guide closer to him and to have this relationship with himself. So that that's that's how I wanted to end this episode with a little bit of hope to end the episode. Yeah, uh, thank you guys for listening and let's end in prayer. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Christ Jesus, give us always a greater knowledge of the love in which you have for us. Help us always to be courageous, to not be afraid, to trust in your mercy, and to return a little bit closer to you again today and every day. Mary, help us always to be close to your Son. And we ask the intercession of St. Michael as we pray. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast in hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, pray for us. Our Lady of Grace, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Continue to spread hope and only love. We'll see you all next time.